Welcome to the first episode of Things They Don't Tell Black People About Law School. We are two first-generation cis Black women at a T20 law school. And we created this podcast to share things that we wish we knew or things that we wish people talked about. This is just our perspective based on our experiences. All right. So how did this podcast come about? So I believe we were at dinner one day, right? Dinner? Oh, we sure were. My favorite spot. Yeah, I, it's slowly becoming my favorite. It's really good. Those fries, man. But anyway. <laughs> Be fat. Can't have it. <laughs> anyway, we were at dinner and we were having like a great conversation as we always do. Um, And we were that like. Was sweet. <laughs> and we were like, oh, this is really like people should hear this. Like. Not to toot our own horns, but like, what were we talking about specifically? Do you remember? Um, I'm trying to think because, like, we like talked about a lot of things. Like, we, ta- we talked about grades, and well, you don't talk about exams, but I think we were talking about I like also dynamics. Try not to talk about grades. You really changed my whole life because I used to never talk about grades or exams. I don't, I think it's who you talk about it with. Like, it's for the worst. You know, uh, <laughs> the the person who we had class with last semester don't don't enjoy her company at all we'll never (laughs) talk to her about academics but I think there's some it's one of those things to me it's like the pay gap you know part of the reason that there's a pay gap is because people don't talk about what they get paid and when I started talking about what I got paid with my coworkers, I learned that well me and another coworker learned that somebody with less experience was getting paid almost three times what we were getting paid so we asked management for a pay raise and I feel like grades are the same are like kind of similar but it's good to, I think it's good to talk about these things. You are frowning right now, but I'm going to ride this. I, I, think, I think maybe one day, not now, but I'm going to need you to elaborate on the how. Oh, that's fair. Well, I just think it's like, and- you can learn things. I think no one knows your grades unless you tell them. Which but means why that- do they need to know? I'm gonna be no one needs to you. know your grades. Hold on. No one needs to know your grades, but we know there are probably some people who are lying about how well they're doing and they're giving advice. Not everyone needs to give advice. I agree with that. I honestly think that we are the only two people who need to give advice. And I've said this before. (laughs) I've said this before, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know if I've really gained anything. I think I've lost more by talking about grades. Let me clarify. I don't want people to talk about grades it's hard like you know the person who transferred like I would I don't know I I take back what I said actually well no they I mean I was like are your outlines good and they were like everything I do is good back to how we got here we just thought that we had like these great perspectives great stories that like needed to be shared and as two black women in law school we don't hear a lot of this stuff like we are honestly there aren't that enough like they aren't enough of us truly no um and i think both of us have the goal of like if some if a black woman wants to do this we want to make it easier for them to do this um five percent of all lawyers are black and i think two percent are black women i think it may have made a little jump to three but wow yeah that's huge. No, it's not. So it's, <laughs> it's really, it's sad. And so I think we wanted to do that. I think we both have had very unique paths to get here. We're not traditional 
students. What does that mean to be a non-traditional student? So for me, it means that I, um, I think I actually started law school as the average age of a law student, actually, like when they do the averages math wise. But for me, it means that I worked for four years prior to coming to law school and I didn't work in the legal field. Um, So, yeah. And what does that mean for you? Um, I worked for a whopping nine years. Um, I did, I worked in sales through my, my career was in sales, um, related to tech, tech sales. And I did work at an immigration law firm for four of those years. And then I moved to another major city where I did not do legal work, but I did more like government and public policy. And that was really great. And then I went to law school. Um, so I think I was even questioning whether I should go if it looked crazy being, um, is it okay to talk about my age? Yeah. Being 30, I was 31. Yeah. Being 31 and being in school with people who weren't even old enough to drink yet. It was, that was crazy. Yeah. It was (laughs) uncomfortable. And also questioning like my abilities, like school obviously wasn't fresh for me. I don't think I took school seriously the last time I was in school. I was interested in so many things. The fact that anyone asked 18-year-old me to pick a career and like do it for four or stick to that major for four years is insane. They didn't know me. But I think it was the perfect time. I was in a place where I was financially stable. I had lived, I had accomplished a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish, including like social life and traveling and living in different cities and purchasing a home. So I was in a position where I was like, okay, I really want to do this thing. I'm in a mindset where I can commit and I have the means to do that. And means being like a variety of resources, support system. I could support myself financially a little bit. Um, Broke five broke right now, but overall it was a, I think, and that's what the, I think the law school wanted to hear. I'm ranting. Um, but yeah, that's no, what it but means. That's, that's really good. I think it made me think about like how I got here is the opposite. Mm. Um, I was having an existential crisis. Like I was like two, my journey to law school started in undergrad. Right. And I had a horrible uh, dean and advisor who told me, who was a black woman who told me that I would never get into law school because I had a passing Shame. grade on my transcript. It was a P. She's like, oh, you'll never get into law school with the P. So Shame. I hope she's eating crow right now. But um, she eating what? Care. Eating crow? You've never heard that term? No. That's a common sorry. thing. Okay. <laughs> um, But so like it started then and I kind of gave up on it after that. And then I was like, in two years into working in uh, PR, and I was like, I love this, but like, also I'm sick all the time because my body doesn't love this. Mm. And I was like, I should be doing something else, right? Like, probably like, oh my God, I don't know. And so then I was like, I think I'm going to try to go to law school. And so then I took like a year and a half and then COVID happened. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be trying to go to law school. Like people are dying. I should do this. Like, right. And so (laughs) because those two things are related, well, it makes you when you start seeing so much death, it makes you think like, what am I doing? Like, Mm. what am I have I accomplished all that I wanted to hope to accomplish in this life? You know, Mm. and that's how I live every day. 
Exactly. <laughs> you know, I try to fit everything I can. <laughs> you fit. You don't have 24 hours. You have 48. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I started like, what am I doing? Am I doing everything? And then I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. And so then I applied to law school and I was like, oh, wow, I got in, I got money. Okay. And then also like you, I was like, I wasn't like, I, don't, I didn't know how much, how long I could support myself, but like, I was in a good place in the sense that like, I'd paid off my student loans from undergrad. I paid mm-hmm. off my car, like all of the debt that I had was gone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going into this to take on more debt, debt free. Yeah. And so that was extremely important to me. And so I was like, because I was able to get that done, get like be debt free from undergrad, be not have any like car debt, no debt, credit card, none of that. I yeah. was debt free. And so I was like, I had good credit. It's not as good anymore, but like I had good credit. And like, I was like, I felt good coming in financially. And like, even like if this thing didn't work out, I'm not going to be bogged down with tons of debt from like all of my life, you know? And I think as a non-traditional student, that's something that I'm grateful for. And I think I completely overlooked the fact that like I was debt free and a lot of it was just like circumstances. I had just picked a nice startup to work for and they were acquired and that worked out really well for me as one of the early employees. And it put me in a position where I think I was able to reevaluate like, okay, what do I want to do now that I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable um, I couldn't imagine compounding law school debt on top of undergrad debt because we will all get out of here. So what we will make will be public, but we'll all get out of here making close to like a quarter million if if market stays the same. And that's if you make market. Some people and that is, that's if you make market. And then on top of that, like you have to live, and it seems like a lot of money, but they're gonna do that employment based. Uh, payment plan and it's going to really suck up your funds um but another thing that i so i want to admit this i part of the reason that i attended law school was based on ego so i had worked for so long and i feel that as a black woman i was constantly overlooked by my employer they promoted someone who i did three times as good at like i had more experience I produced more than this person. I accounted for 20% of the company's business and they refused to promote me. And it was one of those things where, oh, you're not ready. I was like, Mm -hmm. that is not a tangible goal. And it sounds bad, but they made me feel like I was dumb. And my sister was Mm -hmm. like, well, you can always get paid more by just going to another job and not saying like being an attorney is going to solve this. But I think I wanted to prove to myself that I wasn't being, I wasn't challenging myself. I wasn't being challenged in my role and that I was more intelligent than people were giving me credit for. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I mean, immediately that's like one of the biggest perks of being in law school is like for most people, they don't understand the difference between being in law school and being a lawyer. Like for them, it's all the same. And so like, it's not the same thing at all. But like, this is my little version of it. (laughs) I purposely wear my like law school gear out because I'm like, I want people to be like, oh, you're in law school. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like, you go. Like, I love that. And I've, I've always kind of exploited that. Like I worked in an ice cream shop in college. 
um in the summer sometimes and I would be like like wear like school gear so people would give me tips um and be like you keep going to school you too good thing so like I I'd love to like kind of exploit that so like this is not the same thing but I think it's similar though it's like and it's hard to say this because I'm not someone who really embraces status or like judges people on status or want people to judge me on status but I think being a black woman People do not think that I am like, you know, I'm working against other people's assumptions. Mm -hmm. I do not internalize that. But it is nice to like that. It is we are going to be in like one of the most respected roles in society. Mm -hmm. And I didn't make the rules. But I think generally speaking, people know that like lawyers, you have gone to school and you're really good at this particular thing. I'm not going to put as far as be like, I'm smarter than anyone else. I don't think that I think being smart is just (laughs) using what you know to make good decisions. And I Mm -hmm. know some dumb, we have some dumb classmates. Very dumb. Who are just really book smart. But as a black woman, there is like, it puts a smile on my face. One to make other black people proud, which is such a weird thing. No, I, I agree with, I think it's making other black people proud. And I think it's also like, I'm not going to say like, I'm like, inspirational but I think it is cool to be like like I I want to show people that like I'm just like this like short black girl from like why you gotta be this, short I mean you are but... <laughs> from this small city and like if I can do this like you a hundred percent can do this yeah. like and like that's what I always want to be like that's what I always want to show people you know and there is I'm excited because it does it will hopefully put me in a position of power where I can help people who don't have power. And like I look at a lot of the people who I grew up around and even like my family and I feel like sometimes they feel helpless because they're like, we don't have power. There's nothing we Mm -hmm. can do to change this. And I'm excited, even though I'm probably going to go into corporate law. But one day to do something with my degree where people can be like, oh, no, like I know someone who's going to like help me find justice and whatever that looks like. Yeah, same. I, I want to do that one day. Oh. Lifting as we climb, baby girl. <laughs> All right. How have you changed since you've been in law school? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I think. I think law school, honestly, weirdly enough, because law school is a confidence destroyer. A hundred percent. I think it's made me more confident. <laughs> really? How so? And I think it's in the sense of like, I think law school is a hundred percent like this. It's like for me, you know how like you're in a situation where you're like, if they can do it, I can do it. Like literally my pep talk for myself every semester is like, you are not the first person to take this class. Mm-hmm. You are not the last person to take Mm-mm. this class. There are people who are dumber than you who have done better than you. And there are people who are smarter than you who have done worse than you. Mm-hmm. And you will get through this. And I think seeing myself get through it every time, I'm like, wow, you really are kind of a badass. Like, And it makes me feel really good, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know... I don't know. It's like I throughout this journey, it's been very hard and there have been things that haven't gone well, but it's also been very reaffirming to know that like taking this leap wasn't in vain. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has made me not necessarily more confident, but have 
like more as someone who has anxiety and is always questioning the reality of the world, like always questioning the safety of the world and the safety of my ability to discern the world. Um, I think that is me. It's been really affirming to be like, wow, I made a really big decision. This mm-hmm. isn't the first big decision I made in my life, obviously, but like I made a really d- big decision and thus far it's n- it's not been a bad one, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that's your experience. <laughs> I think I'm still waiting to see, you know, that that break of light where it's just like, oh, like, yes. Because um, I came into here, I had such a nice life. Like I had built such a comfortable life for myself. And I know the pandemic was a terrible thing because a lot of people lost loved ones. But I had just bought this home. I was like settling in. I had moved back home. So I was hanging out with my family and getting to share myself as an adult with them. Like the last time they saw me, I was 18 in high school. And like, mm-hmm. I, that was a very crazy version of myself. And being able to spend that time with like, six people who I really cared about was really grounding. I was drinking water. I was exercising. I was like eating really well. And honestly, I was probably one of the best versions of myself before I came here, which is great because I came here on an up and it definitely humbled me very fast. Like sometimes you need a humbling. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, you know, my friend, a humbling will happen. And it was for a number of reasons. I was like, I left a job. Like I'm not going to have a paycheck. I mean, the summer job, but, you know, I'm not going to have a consistent paycheck for the next three years. My schedule is going to be like spotty, depending on my courses and my course load. I'm not going to be able to see like a lot of the people I care about often because I'm in this city I've never been to. And I'm going to be in rooms with some of the smartest people in this region. And it was just a lot. I don't think you need to limit it to the region. Well, I don't want to say that. Actually, okay, this country? I think you could say this world because we have some incredibly smart international students. We, I guess, by just by the nature of how our school works, we are with some of the smartest people in the country, but we're all in a room. And it's like, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this, what happens when you get a bunch of people who think they're smart in the same room. But not to say that I came from a place where I felt smart, but internally I was like, okay, I know that I'm capable and having to prove that in an academic setting was completely foreign to me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote myself a letter. I actually advise people like before you start law school, write a letter to yourself about why you're here and why you're doing this. And I haven't read it. I should actually try to read it sometime soon, but law school like really shook my world. It shook my identity. Like who I, it, it, it is making me reinvent myself, my perception mm-hmm. of myself and my perception of the world. And I appreciate that. Um, I realize that people are crazy, especially after <laughs> taking torts. People do crazy things and they're ra- and it's not even rational. And then the court has to be like, well, based on their reasoning, which is like obscene. Um, and it has made me more open to hearing it's made me a better listener because I Mm -hmm. think in order to have good conversations and even discussions I don't want to say arguments because I know that has a negative connotation but to have constructive conversations with people you have to be a good listener it's Mm -hmm. not always about what I think and I can't make a good argument if I really don't know where the person on the other side of the table is coming from I that's beautiful I one of my favorite words um from law school because it, it it's missing a lot is nuance 
And I think that that is a good summary of what you just said specifically about other people's perspective is like, Mm. I think I've learned to appreciate the nuance a little bit more. It was refreshing, though, you know, the younger generation as being somebody who's older. We are the same generation, by the way. Yeah. So I wasn't talking (laughs) about you, but (laughs) I didn't say you. But the younger generation, like when I came here, I was like, oh, my God, like they will not hear anything that they don't Mm -mm. agree with. And I was Mm -mm. like, that's kind of crazy. Like they're because in my mind, I was like, the professor is not asking you to befriend this person or get coffee. They just want you to hear what this person is saying. And the fact that so many people shut down when they're like, I don't like that. But it's like you are going to counter so many people in the world who are and work with so many people who you do not agree with. But that doesn't mean that you can't hear them out. And I think listening to them does not validate them. And in my mind, it doesn't give them a platform. It's just like, how would you why would you expect someone to listen to you if you're not going to listen to them? Yeah. And it's also like a. I also very much, I mean, we've talked about like how there are some things in my life, like, or some of my beliefs that I like am a hard line. I'm not moving on this, Mm -hmm. but there are also times where it's like, I didn't consider that perspective. Even if I'm not going to move on it, I didn't consider that perspective and maybe I should have. And so I think that that, I think that's really interesting. I, I think that that will give people like us a leg up in the world when we do leave this bubble because Mm -hmm. the thing about it is you can't you can't not listen to people and exist in the world like you can't not take in other well you can it's but not successfully (laughs) i think and it's a little it's or happily you i mean i think actually i think people who don't listen to other people may be happier but i don't think that they're living an informed life but ignorance is bliss so they probably yeah that's what i was like they probably are happy i don't know i it's i mean we have some crazy opinions and i think not to say like i'm super super open all the time sometimes i have bad days and sometimes i hear things and when they even when they give me like a piece of the rationale i'm like oh this is headed down a really weird track but just to know like okay this person believes this because of this and I generally have a feeling for how they'll operate in this specific setting or how they'll respond to this thing. Mm-hmm. It's a little, um, maybe it's, you could call it manipulative. I don't like that. It's not manipulative. It's just like, I want to understand where you're coming from so I can understand how you would reason certain things. Yeah, I think I approach it a little differently though, in the sense that like, um, most of the time when there've been people that I don't agree with, within our law school who I'm like talking to I kind of like take in what they say and then never want to engage with them specifically again ever these are not my friends but but like also they're not the last person with that horrible opinion that I'm going to engage with so Mm -hmm. like I use it to like move forward in future in interactions with other people Mm. yeah I don't add everyone on LinkedIn if I hear you say something crazy in class, I might respond like with a counter argument. But when you send me that LinkedIn request because you think we had a good conversation, it's just going to get deleted. Like, I I do not want you in my network. <laughs> Maybe we should just end the episode. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, good talk. Good talk.